Dr. Shola Adasop and A.G. Rudd have compiled a book called Contemporary Technologies in Education, a book that contains articles from educational technology leaders from around the country. The book aims to maximize student engagement, motivation, and learning, just what we need right now. We sat down this summer with Dr. Zadisop and Rudd to talk about the expected positive results from the book. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse, and I'm joined by Shola Adasop and A.G. Rudd. And we're meeting here in a coffee shop, and we're meeting in the summer, gentlemen. It's a great time, actually, to get out of the office. Although I know you, you two never actually get away from work. It's no, we work no. all the time, right, Shola? <laughs> yeah, so true, we do. <laughs> uh, well, one of the great things that you've worked on fairly recently is this book. It's called Contemporary Technologies in Education. It tells you right in the subtitle what it's about. It says, Maximizing Student Engagement, Motivation, and Learning. This is a uh, book published by Palgrave Macmillan, and it says, edited by Shola and A.G. Just let's get this out of the way. Well, edited, that seems like it's pretty easy. I mean, you didn't write it. So let's, let's just dispel this. Well, <laughs> sure, I can talk a little bit about that. Editing a book is a demanding and uh, time-consuming operation because you're dealing with many different authors and you're having to look at their work and decide what is uh, appropriate what they've said, what they could say more about, so you're really working with them very closely. We did write a chapter in that book, but we had our hands on every single chapter in that book that came out of the two conferences that we might want to talk about a little bit too. But then there is a long procedure of putting the book together and making it cohesive. So editing a book, while it's not writing the entire book, it is a very demanding uh, and, and time-consuming uh, task, and an important task to bring together these uh, thinkers to uh, talk about uh, this important topic. Yeah, and, and of course you do deal with a lot of egos. I mean, authors, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. we do. yes. Egos on exactly. author. Authors I, have egos. Yeah. That, that's so true. And I, I would um, just um, say a few words, um, just to back up what AJ said. Please. Um, you know, one thing that we did with this book, it was not just getting ten chapters from ten different people and putting it all together. We actually uh, brainstorm, um, uh, you know, different frameworks that we wanted for all the chapters. So right. we provided a really solid framework that all the chapters needed to conform to. So we, it wasn't just like getting all these chapters from them. We provided frameworks around they needed to touch on theoretical uh, underpinnings of the of the technology. They needed to talk about advances in methodologies. They needed to talk about practical implications of uh, the use of those technologies for learning and engagement. So, and we read through, as AJ said, all the chapters, and we ensure that all the chapters conform to the set framework that we uh, laid out for all the authors. Sure, I think that yes. makes sense. I mean, that's yeah. very much like a good TV show theme. I mean, exactly. something, a plot that goes through from beginning to end. Exactly. You have right. that framework in place. Yeah, right. exactly. So I do want to go back and, and I do want to talk about these conferences that you mentioned. Uh, this book, it, it goes over flipped classrooms, massive online 
uh, massive open online course or MOOCs, social media, serious educational games. But this, these, these topics all stemmed uh, originally from a conference that the, the College of Education hosted. So if you if you don't mind talking about that and and uh, you know a little bit about the the visitors we had and some of those topics. Sure, I'll just start and then Shola can tell a bit more because many of them came from Shola's contacts. Many of them came from my contacts too. Yeah. Uh, we were asked by Dean Michael Trevison to think about. Uh, putting together a conference on educational technology and the future of educational technology. So we developed this conference called TechEd, and actually we held it in 2014 and, and in 2015 with, with different speakers at each conference. And from those two conferences, we brought together uh, the authors of this book. Part of uh, the reason we did this is because uh, we won a grant from the American Educational Research Association to host this, uh, this conference and then the second conference too. And so they asked us to put together a publication. So this is the outcome of that. And we went about contacting people that were uh, leaders in looking at educational technology and the affordances that it, uh, it gives you to, uh, for learning, motivation, and engagement. And uh, we especially wanted to talk to people that were thinking about the future. Where do we go from here? Because certainly educational technology is rapidly changing. Uh, the kinds of things that, such as learning analytics and so forth that are, are given to us to use uh, demand that we have methodological changes also. I do want to make a few uh, comments about the nature of that grant that we got. Um, it was a really competitive grant. If you look at the um, number of institutions that have been funded through that grant, you have you know big, big um, you know uh, institutions, um, uh, Yale, Stanford, you know Harvard, and um, you know, I think we're probably one of the very few land-grant institutions that uh, have been funded through the grant. So really very highly competitive um, and paid for almost all the, you know, expenses that we made to bring all the speakers here. Uh, we were also supported by the provost office, provost Dan Bernardo, as well as Dean Trevisan, um, you know, um, gave us uh, additional funds to, to be able to host the two conferences that we hosted on this campus. First of all, it's always really nice to beat Yale out for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I, I'm really shocked that it's been that long already. It feels like it was just yesterday. Yes. But I remember you meeting with all of these distinguished oh, yes. professors yeah. and, yes. and talking about not just where the technology is, but what where it could be and what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And this was, uh, you know, this was a really amazing room full of very intelligent people. Yeah. And we were That's also, all right here in this book. Absolutely. We were also, I, I want to certainly add that we, uh, Professor Joy Egbert and Professor Richard Lamb, who were, uh, Richard Lamb has since left the university, and uh, they were also involved in getting this to, uh, conference together and worked with us well, and they had terrific ideas to bring and people that That's they brought true. to. It is on the back of this book what 
where it says, while some of these contemporary educational technologies have been touted as panaceas, researchers and developers have been faced with enormous challenges. How many times do we see that though? Hey, this new technology, this is going to revolutionize the world of education and then within two years it's already gone or it's been replaced by something else, right? So it, it, it does change so fast. It does change fast and I think it's important. One of our speakers, uh, Professor Krista Glazeski of mm -hmm. Indiana University talked about that in particular and talked about how pedagogy needs to help us to select the kinds of technology that we can use to uh, to provide you know the learning engagement and and motivation for students so it's not just uh, new technologies that come along uh, certainly they are very important and some of the ones that we talk about in here learning analytics MOOCs and so forth are all rapidly changing and one of the things that the, the thinkers in this book do is to try to come up with methodological ways of understanding how we can benefit from those technologies and not merely have them be as something a flash in the pan, as you mentioned mm -hmm. before. Would you guys break down what, what, what do you mean when you say method, methodological ways of understanding? Uh, and I, I can speak to that. Um, actually wanted to um, you know um, refine what AJ said just said now um, when I think about the use of technologies I will draw on the analogy that um, one of the classic researchers in this area said um, many decades ago uh, the use of technology or the affordances of technology it's nothing there more than when you uh, walk into a grocery store and you see a grocery delivery vehicle. It doesn't make your diet nutritious by just looking <laughs> at a grocery delivery vehicle. You've got to, you've yeah. got to uh, get into the grocery and pick those vegetables and all of those things, mix them together in the right uh, order uh, and cook them well in order to have really good uh, food on your table. That's the analogy that I will use in terms of methodology. Yes. You have these great technologies in and of themselves. They cannot help students learn. I mean, that's the mistake that many people make that, oh, get me all the latest advances in technology and students will learn. No, we've got to have the right tools, the right pedagogy, the right methods, the right learning strategies behind those technologies right. to, to help our students learn. And this is the argument that we made in this book. In right. fact, Richard Mayer, who wrote the foreword uh, from the University of California, Santa Barbara, did say this. He spoke to that, that we need methods. We need good methods, regardless of how good the technology might be. You need to mix them in such a way that it could engender learning. If not, you know, it's not more than just beholding a good grocery delivery vehicle. <laughs> I, I wish our listeners could see what uh, Dr. Rudd and, and I are seeing, which is how passionate Shola is about Absolutely. this. <laughs> yes. Speaking mean, with his hands. And, analogy, I think. <laughs> this talks about maximizing student engagement. Inherent in that would say that students aren't always engaged. Right? We don't always do the best job in, in using these technologies to increase their learning and engagement. Right? So what, what kind of problems have we been faced with uh, as, it, as it relates to introducing technology, implementing technology in the classroom, um, that we've had to say, hey, this isn't working? Well, 
Way back to when tech and when computers were first used, there was a discussion of, you know, what, what should we use these for? And many teachers would use them as sort of elaborate electronic workbooks or worksheets. And uh, then there was also a classic article called, uh, I believe the title was something along the lines of uh, uh, the computer as a doorstop. And people would not be able to, uh, teachers would, would see, have a computer, but then they would say, how do I use this? How do I engage my students? So that's what these thinkers are trying to dig into. What can we, what can we get that will allow us to engage students sure. with technology? And what is it about technology that, 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 that presents us new opportunities. Mm -hmm. Learning analytics, you have big data. We can drill down more and discover how students learn now. And that's something that computers can do for us. Exactly. I mean, can I, can I yes, please. speak more to, to what AG uh, just said there? Um, you know, when we think about students' uh, engagement and learning, there are things that just come to the fore for me. One. Uh, we only have these students for just a few hours mm -hmm. in a week in the classroom. Right. How do we actually get move the learning just beyond the 50 minutes Monday and Wednesdays that we have them in the classroom? Right. Or even in a graduate class, we have them for two, three hours in a week, and that's it. Um, for learning to take place, good learning to take place, students need to be engaged beyond the classroom time. And these are the affordances that technologies provide that it, with good technologies and methods, good methods deployed behind good technologies, we can actually hook students beyond the classroom, which was never possible right. without technology. I mean, they, right. they, they, we just have to have a good faith that these students are reading and they are mm -hmm. engaged. But with technologies now, you can know uh, when students are opening documents on your website with learning analytics that AG talked about, right. you can know how long they are spending uh, reading a chapter, and you can you the technologies now provide us with dashboard for each student that you can see warning signs about oh if these students continue with this reading habit. It's not going it's to end well. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you, you as an instructor, you have spontaneous on the spot information that you can use to, you know, uh, work with students, which we didn't have without uh, the advent of all, all of these uh, contemporary technologies. I think I'll mention that Shola is also a director of the Merit Lab on campus. Merit standing for Multimedia in Education, Research with Instructional Techniques. So you know you know, a few things about this. <laughs> I think that's worth pointing out. Um, with technology though, and so I'm going to kind of shift gears to to dive into what AG works with in, in a cultural studies perspective. Technologies often are inaccessible by some people. There may be a gap that continues to widen due to cost of technology. And so from, you know, purely cultural studies perspective, uh, how important is this that, that we ensure that everyone 
can access these technologies that, that could help. I think help. it's absolutely crucial because this all harks back to something that uh, John Dewey, who's really a preeminent American philosopher of education, talked about, is engagement, as Shola talked about, engagement outside the classroom, engagement uh, that would allow students to learn in many different modalities, and uh, the kind of technologies that would allow that to happen. Now, today we have uh, students, practically every student, um, almost irrespective of their, their uh, socioeconomic class, will have a cell phone. A cell phone is a marvelous little computer for them to use mm -hmm. to not only access information, but to be connected to others about things. And so that's really an important thing to think about. Uh, so Dewey's uh, vision of having students being engaged outside of classrooms, having the walls of the classroom sort of break down, is coming to, to fruition in the kinds of things that technology is allowing us to do. Now, obviously, there are some, there are some uh, issues of equity, there are sure. some issues of access and, and affordability, but I think those can be mostly overcome, and they should be overcome, and I think there's a, certainly a possibility for that, that to occur. Now, when I read through some of these, I, I mean, obviously, social media, that's something you, teachers, K through 12 teachers, could easily use. I don't see a lot of massive open online course at the K through 12 level or utilizing that. So is, is this geared more toward the university classroom setting or, or are there some applications for the public school system to be able to read this and folks to say, hey, this is what we need to use to fundamentally rethink the, the way we're, we're doing some of our, our work? Well, I, I think one of the, uh, one, the author of the chapter on, on massive open online courses, uh, Leonard Wax, uh, talks about this revolution in education coming about. He calls it Education 2.0, a book that he wrote about it, in which uh, education becomes much more accessible to people, again, outside the classroom, in modules, in things that they can use sure. uh, to uh, get certificates, to to get learning uh, in just-in-time kinds of ways. So mm -hmm. that breaks down the need for degrees, that breaks down the, the, the need for seat time, it, it challenges uh, brick-and-mortar institutions uh, to do things differently, and it, it all leads to uh, an, an education that is much more fluid for people to use. So I think that is something that's challenging our K-12 through setting, mm -hmm. is that we have students that are learning all the time. Uh, and they're able to challenge their teachers challenge their on what teachers. best practices. Yes, <laughs> and they, they, learn, they learn from their cell phones. They learn, they learn at home. They, they have uh, computers at home and they learn, and they're learning all the time, and yet they come into classroom and they may be doing something very <laughs> traditional. So that's a challenge that we need to, need to address and continue to need to address. Well, one of my one of my uh, children, he's he's in high school, so he knows everything, right? He said, "Dad, I, I can't believe my teacher today. She was looking up how to do something on YouTube." And I said, "Great! I'm glad that she is uh, increasing her knowledge base on whatever it was." Um, well, here in and of course WSU hits all corners of this state, so so I don't want to make this Pullman centric. But if you hold a Pullman library card now, you also have free access to Lynda.com. Right. That's right. that's one example of of trainings mm -hmm. that you can do that are rather good. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and of course, that means students have access to all of that. Mm -hmm. 
which is incredible. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I mean, coming back to your question about the, um, if, if we think that this book could be useful for K-12 education, I think yes. Um, just to buttress what AG um, uh, said there, I mean, there's potential here in this book for K-12 education to advance the use of technologies in their classrooms. In actual fact, some of these chapters actually address K-12 education, serious educational games by Len, um, Leonard Aneta. Uh, Aneta has done extensive work with middle and high school students in the use of education games. Right. Uh, and um, if you read that chapter, he had some really, really good uh, outcomes from the use of serious educational games. Um, you also, we, we can also talk about mobile learning. Uh, it's happening quite a lot, particularly in uh, developing countries now. I mean, you see um, mobile learning, lots of educational materials pushed through uh, the mobile devices to villages and areas that are you, you know that were unreachable a decade ago exactly. so it, it's really really happening uh, but I'm not going to and, and I think uh, AG will agree with me uh, we're not going to say that we are there yet there's still a whole lot more work to do in terms of access in terms of equity in terms of appropriateness uh, because again uh, there's developmental appropriateness in the use of technologies you know Sometimes if they are not used very well, uh, they could actually hinder learning. So there are all of those things that we need to continue to research and look into as we go forward here. Well, thank you so much. Let me just ask both of you if you have anything else uh, that you'd like to add. Um, I'm going to end with, with this quote that I think is fantastic from Dale Schunk yes. uh, from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Um, this is just on the back. It's, it's a uh, testimonial here. Contemporary Technologies in Education, so that's the name of your book, skillfully integrates research on educational technology with theories of learning, motivation, and instructional design. Readers will appreciate the diversity in technologies discussed and in instructional formats. The book will be a valuable resource for anyone wanting to know more about ways to use new technologies to foster student motivation and engagement during learning. And I, I wanted to highlight that anyone, right? Anyone yes. who is interested in this from a societal perspective all the way down to they maybe are a teacher in some form or fashion and how to do that um, can well, benefit was, from I that. was very pleased uh, that uh, Dale uh, endorsed our book because he was a former colleague of mine at Purdue University and a leading researcher in motivation yeah. and educational psychology. Exactly. And so it was good that he, were, he endorsed it. And also Chris Deedy from yeah. Harvard. Uh, we, we got people that endorsed the book, uh, the, what we're trying to do, and it's important to, uh, to note that. I mean, thank you, A.G. I, I totally agree with you. Dale is a leader in educational psychology. I mean, really, really fantastic researcher. Um, Chris Didi, um, another great leader in, the, in educational technology. Uh, in fact, Chris works for the office of the president, um, you know, as an advisor, um, office of the president of the United States of America, and also a professor at Harvard. So these are really 
you know, really, really fantastic people that endorsed the book. Richard Mayer wrote the foreword yes. about the book. Richard. Talk a bit about Richard. Richard Mayer is a is clearly uh, one of the top uh, three educational psychologists in the world. From UC Santa Barbara. From UC Santa Barbara. He's published over 600 journal articles, has about 40 books. You're way behind, Pearsall. <laughs> catching up. We're, we're catching up. We're, we're, we're catching yes. up. And uh, for Rich to have agreed to read all the chapters and write, I mean, I read what Rich wrote again this morning in preparation for this, and wow, that was fantastic. Yes. So, I mean, we, we clearly have all the big, big players in the field. Many of them, I won't say all of them, are contributing chapters, you know, uh, some of them riding forward and uh, endorsing the book. So, really, really good uh, product. We're so happy. Yes. Yeah. Very good. So, we've got Shola Adesop, a professor of educational psychology and STEM education, and the Boeing Distinguished Professor. We have A.G. Rudd, who's a distinguished professor as well in the Department of Teaching and Learning. You guys, I appreciate this. This is a great book. Um, I I need to dive in now and start reading more of this because it says anyone, anyone. Anyone, yes, can know absolutely. That, that includes me. Including Brandon. <laughs> including you, yes. You're, you've got great questions. Yeah. Thank, thank you so, thank much, you so very much, I appreciate Brandon. it. Yeah, the book is Contemporary Technologies in Education, Maximizing Student Engagement, Motivation, and Learning. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.